Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Welcome to Pixel Sift, Western Australia's weekly video game show. Each week, we bring you the latest news in the gaming world and discuss the issues that matter to you. Right here from our phenomenal studio in the House of Quig. As always, I'm joined by friends and colleagues, Mitch and Scott, and we've also got James sitting over there, pushing the buttons, pushing the ones and the twos, making, hello. The, making the video work. Hello, hello. <laughs> And James will just have James to says hello. say hello in spirit. Today in episode 12, we'll be talking about interesting ways that developers and the community can improve on games. Of course, this week Bungie and Activision introduced the Sparrow Racing League into Destiny, which is one example of a developer incorporating fan-created content or fan-desired content into their game. Yeah, we'll also bring, out, bring you our highlights from uh, PSX 2015, including Final Fantasy, Ratcheted Clank, and our personal favorite, 100-foot-tall robot, robot golf. golf. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And Sorry, uh, before we get into the, but um, we'll get into that a bit later. But and our third topic today, just a bit of a heads up, may not be appropriate for our younger audiences. So I'm um, just a heads up if you're listening in the car or with your kids. If, you, or if, if you're not you ready to kid. have it, it's we're talking about drugs in gaming, um, based off the, some news that came out this week. If you're ha- not ready to have that conversation with your kids yet, maybe have a listen to the first two sections of this show. Because um, the third one will be about drugs. Or in we could have the conversation with the kids right now. Uh, anyway, the, the drugs in gaming topic has come to the gaming community's attention this week uh, with Jason Love of Man vs. Game. Uh, he admitted on Twitch that he's been abusing amphetamines whilst on stream. Uh, but we'll also touch on some esports and the drug testing process that they are now implementing as well. All that and more coming up on Pixel Sift. Pixel Sift! It's not Pixel Sift, it's Pixel Sift. Pixel Sim. Tuh. So you may have seen the news this weekend. We had the PX, PSX, uh, which is the PlayStation Experience Convention, where they Sony goes and sort of outlines its uh, updates and games for the upcoming year and all the new stuff. There's been a lot of big announcements that have come out of there, mm-hmm. a lot of big news, some stuff that we've sort of heard about before and now we've got a bit more information on. Yep. Um, what were some of the cool things that we saw coming out of PSX? Mitch, Sparrow Racing, Sparrow Racing, which which we are going to talk about a little bit later on. Which in, we're going to talk in about in our second later. segment. Which but is, mainly for me, in in other than that, was probably the Ratchet and Clank stuff. Really awesome. I like how there's going to be a movie tied to it. And I it like is, I think, with the Ratchet and Clank, the the game itself is a it's a remake of the original one that came out on the PlayStation Two. Yes, um, sort of a reimagining. I don't think there was one on the PS3, or there might have been one. There were a few on the PS3 oh, okay. a bit later on, but um, yeah. the first one was on PlayStation 2, so it's a remake and put onto to PlayStation 4. But they've also taken elements of the movie adaptation, which is coming out a couple of weeks later, right after the actual event, and they're actually incorporating some of those elements into 
the game. What was good to see is that it looked like Ratchet and Clank. There wasn't anything really that new about it, I guess. It was very comforting to see that the the gameplay was there, the goofy guns were there, the humor was there. It was It's everything what you uh, imagine the kind of franchise to be up yeah. until now. It was quite good. And when you're having it, I guess uh, for something like Ratchet and Clank, which just came out on the PlayStation 2 era, it's not such a huge jump to see an up version and a remade version. No, I don't think so. Because yeah. it had such a cartoony, stylized sort of look to it anyway. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so jarring no, I don't between think so. the two. It's not like one of the other big remakes that we had a lot of news about this uh, weekend as well, which is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Which looked- there was the first gameplay trailer from that and you can see um some of the the video of the of the game as they've kind of come up they've taken a completely sort of different tact on the original thing mm-hmm. some of the purists might not be super uh happy about the way they've done it it's not so much of uh, the game mechanic itself has uh been just translated to a newer graphical engine they've actually remade the game itself so it looks and plays a lot more like to me it looked a lot like the playstation portable version uh, game they called uh, final fantasy 7 crisis core i see mm-hmm. Which had a real time battle system, but also had a like a turn based battle system as well. A bit more like a so Kingdom you, Hearts as well. Do you think they're going to be like um you know with the the original Halo Halo um when they remade that the first time they had a button you could push to put it back to old graphics and then back to new graphics? I don't think so. No. I think this is a completely rebuild of the this, whole thing. This okay. is a new game, and I mean yeah, like you said, you you might not uh, completely win over one of the some of the hundred percent purists uh, because they are going to change their the game slightly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like just the the chance to re um, reimmerse yourself in that world for the purists is going to be enough. Um, the in, most interesting thing about this to come out out of the PSX uh, for Final Fantasy VII is that it's going to be on across multiple releases. Uh, so you're not going to get the full game with the first disc or the first release. Right. Um, I mean, that was a multiple disc release back then anyway because of you know size constrictions or whatever. So did it? So it might be a similar similar thing, you know, except with actual releases rather than discs. When you say multiple releases, so do you had you had to buy them individually or did no, they No, you bought a big three disc pack when right. you bought, bought the game originally when it came out on three CDs. Just because it was original PS, you know, yeah. you didn't have a lot so, of space back then. Well, do, don't you think that with the technology that we've got, we should just put it all I in think one go? people like, are a bit... That's, Square Enix has been a little bit coy about uh-huh. this. They haven't really come out and said exactly what it is. They said it's going to be sort of an incremental or almost... It's They've hinted that it might be episodic really? in a way okay. that it comes out. And I would guess the natural episodes break down for each of the discs, but okay. yeah, they haven't said any more than that. There will be multiple releases, so and I like think they're going to just kind of left guessing for a bit. They're going to expand as well from what they've actually had originally. They're going to move into some extra content and, and things like that, and tie it in a bit more with some of the other games that have come out. To me, when looking at the trailer, um, it looks very much like the the movie uh, sequel that they made, which was Final Fantasy VII: Advent Children, and it looks like you're basically playing the movie. The graphics of it are pretty similar. Stylistically, it's very similar. Um, it looks very, very cool. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think people will be maybe upset. If- people are going to be really hard uh, judging this one. Gonna, I know yeah. a lot of people that are anticipating it, yeah. but yeah, it well, will be held to a high standard. Yeah, exactly. You, you couldn't have said it better. Mm. Uh, one other thing. Uh, are we, are we done with Final Fantasy? Sorry. I think we're kind of done. Uh, there's a lot of uh, sequels and remakes uh, coming out of PSX this weekend. There so was, many. Uh, Uncharted 4 is another sequel that they've showed a bit of uh, gameplay um, or I guess sort of FMB sort of story yeah. mode of the game. Um, the other thing was 
you know, we had yeah, Ratchet and Clank is getting remade. There's uh, a new version of Res that's coming out. Res Infinite. I'd like to just jump in with that yep. as well. There's a virtual reality like vibrating suit that goes with that. <laughs> that seemed very, very uh, interesting. So like different parts of your body vibrate with different parts of the music. You know, you have the bass in your knees and the rhythm in your chest or whatever. Uh, and like they said, like it doesn't, you don't need it to play with it, but it does, it does like, you know, increase the experience. Interesting little tidbit. Years ago, Tetsuo Mizuguchi, who's the lead designer of Res, he also mm. helped design Sega Rally if you played those out in the Love arcade. Sega right? So he did that. I interviewed him years and years ago. He came to Perth. Uh-huh. He's a funky dude, that guy. He is like really funny. And he's like, we're like, oh, um, so, you know, just think about what, what's, what's probably the best game, your favorite game? And he goes, you know, I think my favorite game is still Pong. And I'm like, wow. nothing yet has got yeah. that sort of feeling in my heart. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, nice. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Um, so yeah, Res will be, uh, it was an interesting sort of rhythmy sort of game that kind of came out before, sort of pre-rhythm games. Yep. Um, so it's kind of introducing it to another generation. So it's kind of like DDR pad, but your, for your entire body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a bit like those, um, you know, infinite side scrolly sort of shootery games as well. So when this I is, love it's I must front, say, I really front love it. on. I played it with the, uh, the kinetic. Yep. And that was very cool. Yeah. Loved it. So when this is a thing. And the phase is over. Am I going to have this suit next to my plastic guitar and my drum kit? <laughs> and next to your, uh, what was yeah. the game? Uh, the Nintendo... The Power Glove. Power Glove, yeah. yeah. Am I going to have all of these things just... Uh, another, look, another plastic I don't peripheral. see much application yeah. for this outside of it. Um, it really is just kind of like for full res immersion. Uh, I think right. just, yeah. He's an interesting guy. Oh, so also, I mean, like, uh, sorry, I, I can't, this is just off the top of my head because I don't have it no written worries. down anywhere, but they are going to like do some kind of possible uh, commercial availability for the suit, um, but... At the moment, it's just kind of a promo thing for them. Okay. I'm fairly sure. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There's and the scoop. Yeah, so that was it coming out of uh, PSX on the weekend. There's plenty of stuff that you can go and check out online. We're going to stick some links up on our website, which we have now updated. It's now gone to a brand new website. Mm. We are on Pixelsift. That's P-I-X-E-L-S-I-F-T dot com dot A-U. Um, it's a brand new website. You can check it out. It's Which very spell like that. Huh? I wish I could spell like that. Efficiently. Yeah. Can't do it. I've written it many, many times now. Nice. Um, you can get on there and check out all of our episodes. We're going to have links up there for each of our episodes and links to videos and stuff. The, I guess the number one game that I don't think we can avoid talking about here, I think we have to definitely yeah. say it, is probably the most exciting original game, that, well, kind of original game that I've seen, but probably pretty original, uh, is... The 100-foot robot golf. 100-foot robot golf. It is, so it is cool. just the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's basically, imagine it's Neo, it Neon like. Genesis Evangelion. Oh, yeah. And the trailer itself is very Neon Genesis Evangelion-ish. Yeah, they're just like... But instead of fighting yeah. crazy freaky monsters, they are playing golf through yeah, a city. The best part about it is the trailer goes to show the robots playing golf. And then the it just moves on to the robots just beating on each other with, with golf, golf sticks. Yeah. Giant 70-foot golf clubs. Yeah. There you go. Love it. Phenomenal. Looks exciting. I reckon it'd be great fun to play yeah. in, in a party environment. So that'd be really cool. Um, we'll put a trailer up to that on our page as well. So, and if you're watching on Twitch, you can probably watch a bit of it right yeah, now. Enjoy. Watching a little bit right there. Okay, let's go into Cheers, our James. next segment. Let's have a listen to some of this. You're listening to Pixel Sift. Or you might be watching Pixel Sift on Twitch. Pixel Sift. That 
That's right. You are listening to Pixel Sift. You might be watching Pixel Sift. We're on Twitch. We're on iTunes. We're on Pocket Casts. We're on all good places where you can get packaged audio content. Were you guys trying to do like an ASMR video with that? <laughs> Why? Are you getting a bit of a feel from that? A little bit. I don't see. I don't react to that. People yeah. who don't know what ASMR is, that sort of thing when people like whisper in YouTube videos and it gives them. Let's not do one. Okay. We'll, we'll do set, one later. We'll set Twitch off. Really close. Uh, yeah. Set uh, Mitch off. Sorry, not Twitch yep. off. Um, hey. One of the big things that came out of this week uh, as part of the second year of a couple of the Pixel Sift teams, one of the favorite games. What's the name of the game, Mitch? I, I, I forgot the name of the I game. The listeners probably know. Destiny. Destiny. Yay. Destiny Year 2, part of the Taken King, they have just announced that they, or right now, you can go out and play it. Yep. And if you're watching on Twitch, you can probably see some sweet uh, Sparrow Racing action Sparrow racing. Uh, so- collected by... Uh, Helpful producer James. He was just playing games and now he can justify it. So, um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's originally was a a concept that was sort of invented by players in game and they just said. So it was pretty much an idea that everyone had immediately when you got this piece of equipment known as a sparrow. It's kind of like your speeder from Endor in the Star Wars Wars universe. Yeah. And we just thought, wouldn't it be great to race them around the just the overworld? And so we started doing that just for fun. And they've the developers at Bungie have embraced it and given us actual game mode where it's a legit thing and you can get stuff for it and you get rewards and bragging rights. So it's only a time limited thing. So if you don't get in yep. sort of now, so it's three weeks from year from yesterday, I believe. Mm. Three weeks from now, pretty much. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's time gated, just like a lot of things in Destiny. It seems a little bit. It seems a bit early or, or a bit short, in, in my opinion. Well, sort of considering that the other events only went for about two weeks at the most, mm. it's quite long. And I mean, look, as a racing game, uh, it didn't look very deep kind of thing. I think two or three weeks and people would start to get a little bit over it. It's just a small kind of boost. Yeah. Things like like, like you said, it wasn't... Uh, somebody said it before, we expected it to be a little bit more like Mario Kart, like an action, you know. Like yeah, a lot I mean, of options, I would kind of power-ups, etc., cetera, et cetera. I would compare it more to Motorstorm. Yep. Pacific Rift and yeah, and like I said as well, uh, the Star Wars Pod Racer. Yeah, um, Star Wars Pod. It reminded me a lot of Star Wars Pod Racer. Yeah, um, I think uh, because I, the reason why I say it's only going to be a really short event is because in a couple of weeks' time we've got Christmas coming up, and there's going to be true. a lot of people who are going to be out there wanting to fire up Destiny and on their new consoles that they have got. Yeah, and it, I don't know if there's any level restriction on doing the Sparrow Racing at all. I don't think there is. You just need to require the Taken King. Yeah, so yeah. if you buy Destiny now, you get everything in, in the package, I think, isn't it? You just get one yeah. disc and you can buy the whole thing. Um, but yeah, there'll be people waiting well, out But if there's one thing I've learned about Destiny, it's Guardians are always looking for something else to do. Yeah. So it's just a thing. It's the MMO, yeah. the MMO trap, isn't it? You yeah. kind of blast through all your content really quickly. And some of them are time-gated as well. So obviously mm-hmm. you can run certain but things. But I think and... the time-gated stuff is a really good idea. Like Destiny has time-gated things that are weekly. Almost. Mm. Like it's, it's on that level. So yep. you're encouraged to just drop in. Like there's certain vendors that are only available on Friday yep. and things like that. So it's just encouraging people just to drop in and say hi. And while you're at it, maybe hang out with your friends and play the game. It's uh, just all about you know being a part of enha- enhancing that community feel. Exactly. Yeah. It just it just makes the world catch feel. Up times. Yeah, like like the Olympics rolls around every four years. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is on the same level as that, but it just seems it gives off the illusion that the world is moving. Yep. And like it, things are happening in this world, and you do it's progressing along. I think the coolest thing about this particular 
uh, piece of content that's come out is that it was originally done by fans. Yes. And it was something that, as you said, when you jumped in there, you were like, okay, this is something that we want to do when we're in the game. And now it's actually become a game mode. Yep. Um, there's been plenty of other games that have kind of done the same thing. Yeah. We were talking uh, a bit earlier in the week uh, about some of the Halo game modes like Griffball, which came off the Red versus Blue guys. I they like invented Griffball. this, uh, you know, version of the game which became part of it. And they've got a close tie with the people at Bungie when they were making the uh, the games themselves. Yeah, so now it's actually a, it's a game mode in Halo. Now. Yep, it is. Zombies. Yeah. Call of yep. Duty Zombies as well. Call of Duty Zombies was slightly different because it was a side project by the developers themselves. It had no community input. Yep. Yep. But, yeah. They kind of take the game mode and, and put it into a different way. And ran with it. Left 4 Dead as well originally started out as a, a game mode that someone had developed. Basically, they had a bunch of like hordes of enemies with knives mm-hmm. and they raced at you. Basically, they were just like... And then they just changed the models over so they had a melee attack instead of a knife and it kind of became its own thing and, and went from there. And there's lots of, of games like that where people go and, and take the, the content. Yeah, I think uh, like Dota was one of them. Yeah, Dota, Dota and the MOBA genre yeah. um, were originally a custom map for World of Warcraft. No, sorry, World of Warcraft. Warcraft 3, yep. um, pre-World of Warcraft days. And just the whole modding scene in general. Like, yeah. for example, DayZ, stuff like that. Yep, yep. grew like from the, the Armour 2. Massive well, and used then to became be. its own. I'm not standalone. sure what the status of Daisy is now. Please tell me. Yeah, no. What, I think it's still going. The guy yeah. who uh, originally made it. Yeah, Rocket, right? Yeah. yeah, he has left now. He's not part of that oh, okay. thing anymore. But the team itself is still like who made the interesting part is he was from New Zealand. He was. Yeah, yeah. they so, were just in the news this week. I can't remember what for, but yeah, they're still very, they're still relevant. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Armor is one of these games. It's it's very for people who love the super simulator style games. Yeah, it was super very accurate. Um, it's a, a, a basically a, an accurate military shooter. Yeah, the engine I, was very powerful. Yeah, I watched a lot of, a lot of uh, Daisy f- uh, footage on online, and I thought it was a pretty good good looking game. I never actually played it, uh, but I always wanted to. Um, but there's plenty of other stuff that people can go and take these games and, and sort of adjust them to to ways to do. Yeah, uh, we've I, talked about this in a few previous weeks where people kind of t- make their own games inside of games. Yeah, we had the the Warthog. Um, you know, destruction derby thing from the original Halo that yep. I used to play with my brother and yeah. his friends. Um, we've had other games where people go and, uh, you know, take. Yeah, like even like the Machidima exactly level. Like but, you can just make movies within the game engine. That's not new. Yeah, um, but I, th- yeah. I think you know it's it's all about uh, you know lengthening the life life of these games Absolutely. that we like really fall in love with kind of thing. Um, and also kind of like you know enhance the experience because, like you said, some of them are kind of. Ah, and t- tend to be uh, kind of limited, or at least time limited, uh, in certain ways. So, like, they not only kind of widen the uh, experience that you're enabling from the game, but they're kind of like also widening the audience or the potential audience and the potential appeal of the game because you know it's uh, you know you can do more things. That's I think that's why GTA is so kind of yeah. uh, huge because it it it's, it doesn't have the same limits, and you can kind of do all the things. Um. So, like, yeah, I think. All game companies now are struggling to like get their games relevant for as long as possible because there's so much new content. They just need people in their systems. Yeah. And it's just the easiest way to do that is to have them create their own little systems within their system that they relate to. And if you keep your game open-ended enough in that there is many ways that people can kind of play this game, this is how they sandbox games. Um, you know, like your Skyrims, your Fallouts, yeah. your GTAs and things like that. People tell their own stories within the game itself. And can create different modes. And it's kind of cool when that is uh, recognized by the people who make the games and go on and, and, and create this con- this sort of, I guess, a mode that would be yeah, there. Yeah, they really... I have a feeling with the Sparrow mode, it's going to be Sparrow Racing League. It's definitely going to be back. 
Um, I, I think so. There's it's like, really fun. Yeah. And it seems like there was, if they've already, because the way it's put together is really like cleverly done. It really looks like it's an actual racing game. Like, yeah. they put a lot of effort into like, just in the tower when you drop in, there's like visual merch, like visual stuff everywhere. Like, you know, it's Sparrow Racing League. There are like, prints on the ground it's like a real like racing event and there's like mm. posters of all the sponsors well like the sponsors it's very reminiscent of um the wipeout games as well did yeah, you guys yeah. play that it Absolutely. looks like the aesthetic of it is very that mm-hmm. sort of like futuristic hover uh, sort of game instead that's of it true. being like a crazy hover car thing you're on a bike and you, you see the people but that that's the vibe that i get a lot which is great because i love the wipeout games i think they're, <laughs> they're super fun so um especially with that racing stuff as well so let's get into our next topic let's do it you're listening to pixel sift or you might be watching pixel sift on twitch pixel sift yep you're on pixel sift pressing the same buttons again instead of the different one (laughs) uh we are going to just about to talk about our next topic which is talking about drug use and gaming all right, um, so this is this is interesting. And if you're listening with little kids, you might want to tell them, or you might want to pause it now and come back a little bit later. Small little, like, yeah, mature or, audience warning. Yep. With that said, let's get into it. Uh, we have just basically had an there was an announcement from one of the larger game Twitch streamers online um, throughout this week. He was kind of called out on it. His name is Jason Love, and he goes as by the name Man versus Game. People kind of outed him on on Twitter and online, yep. um, and basically said to him that he was a drug addict. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and you've got a little bit more on this, haven't you? Scott? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like you said, it, it, it's all started off him getting outed on Twitter, and I haven't actually been able to find the actual definitive kind of tweet that did it. But I, like, I think it might have been deleted. But I saw the follow on. Um, I've got a little caption. Do you want to play? I've got a little uh, caption of a. Uh, 50 seconds or so from the whole uh, hours or so worth of him chatting about his problems. But uh, let's just jump into it. Let's have a listen. This is a moment that uh, I guess I didn't want to have ever. I'm just an extremely private guy. Every single time you've seen me, I've been uh, saturated with speed, amphetamines, Adderall, Dexy, anything I could get my hands on. I've been suffering from a lot of uh, depression. I have to comment on it now. Still don't feel that uh, it, this is... Uh, what needed to be done. My cast became just like the perfect storm of like all of my addictions. Subscribers just sort of got banned at the very end of my my last cast. I dare say that that outburst was caused by having drank too much. And this is the thing, here's the thing. It's like, it's not like it's been a big secret. (laughs) I've been pretty open. Human beings don't just cast for 50 hours. (laughs) They just don't. The human body just doesn't do it. Yeah, the human body just doesn't do it. It's amazing, really, when you think about it. The guy had would be playing for 50 hours in a row. And obviously, people watching the stream couldn't have watched it for the full 50 hours, unless maybe they were, you know, taking uh, dexamphetamines as well yeah, in order to keep up with the stream. But it's a huge amount of time. It's just... And what is the expectation that we have for these people who are providing these these videos for us? That the fans are asking for this stuff that they want him to be doing this marathon. Well, the only long period streaming that I've had experience with is the the Rooster Teeth Extra Life stream, but that's a group of about fifty people doing that, and they and all sort of switch in and move around, and it's not just one person. It's not one person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so okay. I actually don't understand the appeal of watching. Because I've, I've actually never heard of this guy before this yeah, okay. topic arose. But 
I don't understand really the appeal of watching this guy torture himself pretty much for 50 hours. Yeah, well, it's not torture, you know, because he's, he's on drugs. It's very easy right. when he's doing it on drugs. I mean, he goes through it like, you know, he was depressed and he, it was a coping me- mechanism and whatever. And like, you know, he, he, his, his addictions being video game and the internet and chatting and, 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 and taxis and alcohol kind of thing. He, he was allowed to kind of thrive in this environment for like 12 months. And you see a picture of him and like, I don't really know what he looked like before, but he looks gaunt and skeletal now. Like, he, he just looks like a bit of a junkie, to be honest. It takes a toll. It, it definitely does. does take a toll. And, and not just that. And like, uh, like I did read it in some of the, the tweets that were discussing hi, him and whatever. Um, uh, they were saying, yeah, it's not so much just the drugs as well. It was these impromptu kind of uh, gaming sessions, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours uh, out of nowhere. I mean, he goes on to say uh, one of the times he did an impromptu long cast uh, for when Arkham Knight first came out and he wanted to know like the ending, the 100% ending on his own and no spoilers. So he played yeah. it for 83 hours straight. Bloody hell. Yeah. And it's just, and that's, I mean, I don't want to condone this kind of behavior, uh, especially at a professional level where you're getting like paid and, you know, sponsored to do sorts of these sorts of things. Yeah, like that's it, not acceptable. Um, but, you know, Dexies and prescription drugs are a huge part of this society. You know and I mean? Like, all through uni and all through the drugs and all through the music scene and whatever, like these drugs are prevalent. So it's not a huge surprise. And like he said, like he didn't hide the fact, you know, he's, you can't game for 83 hours. If, if you don't figure out that he's doing something that he probably shouldn't be doing to stay awake that long, like you, you might need to wake up a little bit. I think the big thing is that it's kind of been called into the, I guess the spotlight. And this is one of the first instances where, Someone who's a, like a Twitch streamer, for example, has been sort of like, uh, maybe everyone was sort of blissfully ignorant and they didn't want to know. Well, 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 the, the issue he brings up in that piece of audio is that everyone, it wasn't a secret. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he tries to say. Well, because he didn't want to kind of out himself and he felt like, you know, the you know the general audience would understand that he probably would, you know, he's doing something to, to, to supply these long streams. Um. And he didn't want it. He didn't think he, he. I don't think he thinks he has a problem. To be honest, I think he just. Yeah, because he didn't. He seemed a little flippant about the entire I, thing. I didn't think he? it's because of the way it was done. Like he was outed on Twitter in public. Like it's it's kind of his personal business. Even though he does kind of post on whatever, it could have been done a lot better. That's not how you do an intervention sort of thing. If you're mm. trying to help him, they should have done it better. And that I can see. Like you can hear the anger in his voice throughout the the hours and whatever that he's talking about it. Because um, he's frustrated. Because yes, he has a problem, but. So if you want to call him like a, a huge addict, then far, far out, like, you know, a lot of the general public has a problem as well. Yeah. And it's, you don't get a problem, a way to deal with it with people who are supportive and who are looking after you. You have to deal with this on, on a public facing. Yeah. And there's a big, when I mean, we see this sort of stuff happen with all sorts of different celebrities. of different But this kinds. is a little different because they, they have, instead of thousands of voices telling them to stop, he has thousands of voices telling him to keep going. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. They they were and they like, are enabling his kind of habits. And it's almost like dance for my amusement. Yeah, you but know? not just that. You know, he's they're also they're asking him to do it, and they're paying him yeah. to do it as well. So yeah, to keep it going, and and people get you know drop their subscriptions and things, and if, if it becomes a perpetuating sort of cycle. But you know, it's a choice. He was he was choosing to, choosing to do those drugs, and they weren't paying him to do drugs. You know, that he doesn't have a sign up saying that. You know, they. They're unintentionally enabling him and uh, continuing his problem. These sort of drugs are also not like a big issue in some of the other professional gaming areas as well. There was a the Electronic Sports League basically caught uh, 
a, a team. The team's called Cloud9, um, and they're pretty famous. They do a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. like uh, here's the storm, but this was in Counter Strike Global Offensive. Um, mm-hmm. The the guy was uh, named Corey Semphis Friesen. Uh, he was a high level professional Counter Strike player, and yeah, he was caught using dexamphetamines to during the tournaments. And from now on, they're going to be going and, d- and drug testing people so, to make uh, sure so- that they are playing on an even playing field. That it is skill and that's fair. Like I said, when money and whatever is involved, you can't just be on uh, drugs, like <laughs> illegally drugs. I mean, I'm not saying that's an illegal drug, but in his hands, for non-applicational use, it is. Especially in a, a, with the so much talk about making esports a legitimate sporting league and to have there's a lot of uh, parallels lot of between it and other professional sporting codes. Yep. And to have people... I mean, all of the sporting codes that happens here in Australia. It, it seems also, to happen on a pretty frequent basis. There's some sort of drug scandal happening with um, different players using performance-enhancing drugs, and you know they just want to try and get any edge that they possibly can. Yeah. And there's big money to go around, and as you said, um, you know some of these uh, tournaments give out hundreds of thousand dollars for a prize, and say if you get to that hundred thousand dollars with, you know, and you've tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug, like for example, dexamphetamines. You know, if an AFL football player had dexamphetamines in their system, they would pretty much be kicked out. Yeah, well, it's also, I think, as a brand, like Blizzard and all that, they need to protect themselves and they need to say, well, people that play our games can't be associated with this. Yep. It's And also these guys, no matter how you look at it, are role models. They are the pinnacle of the the gaming skill. And there and are kids these days who that want to be yeah that want to be them yeah who want to be them who actually don't look at Hollywood and TV as their celebrities yeah. they look at people like these this guys on YouTube gamers, and yeah. on Twitch looking these gamers who are their well, just celebrities the social and, media celebrities I guess yeah. yeah yeah and they use that sort of example so it's it's a difficult topic and I think for example we maybe need to think about how what we're asking of these people who are, who are usually yeah. just normal people starting. Uh, starting out and then get catapulted to this fame. Absolutely. Whether there should be a good framework in place for these people or how should we better support these people. And Before we go, Johnny, yes. I'd just like to just mention yep. if you need help with drugs or alcohol, there's a 24-hour support line. It's well, in Australia anyway where this is broadcast from. You can call Lifeline on 131114 and they are available 24 hours a day. So if, you've got any, if you need any help there, that is the number to call. There's also Beyond Blue. There's plenty of places out there. Don't be afraid to kind of... Get out there and talk to people. If you think you have a problem or you think, you know, someone that might have a problem, because there are white white ways to do it. And I don't think this guy had a fair treat. And I think that's why he's kind of so raw about it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. pretty tough. But yeah. So if you need help, make sure you talk to people about it and have conversations about it. And if you need to just disconnect for a bit, just disconnect. Get off off your streaming things. It might be uh, hard to keep up with all this stuff, but if it's something that's causing a negative behavior in you and you're not happy with the way I do it, there are places out there that we can check out for that. We're going to put links up to those up on our website as well so you can have a look at that. And that's all we've got time for today. That was another episode of Pixel Sift. This was our 12th episode. Now, if you haven't already picked up, we have got a brand new website. It is www.pixelsift.com.au. On there, you can find links to all of the videos and stuff that we talk about in each episode. You can also click on there to subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on Pocket Casts. You can use the RSS link 
to subscribe directly as well if you'd like to do it. You can find uh, links to our Twitch page if you want to watch us live or you want to watch the video stream if you like looking at our lovely faces. Um, you can do that as well. Also, there's the audio version if you don't want to look at our lovely faces. Uh, where else can people find us online if they want to find us on social media? Uh, no, like you said, uh, we can be found at facebook.com forward slash pixel sift, twitter.com forward slash pixel sift and twitch TV forward slash pixel sift. And Mitch, if people want to listen to our other episodes, where are they heading to? Yeah, so all the episodes can be found on the brand new site, uh, pixelsift.com.au and subscribe to us on either iTunes or the RSS link on our page. And when you're there, if you could give us a rating or review, yep, rating or review, very much great. appreciate it. They'd be tops. Uh, thanks for listening in, guys. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Pixel Sift. Happy holidays. Have a good time. See you then. <laughs> Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of apple arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism this offer is for new subscribers only nine dollars 99 a month after free trial plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled